Hey everybody, it's the Bobby Horror Picture Show. It's me, Sleeves. Hey, how you doing, Bobby? I'm doing pretty good, Sleeves. Uh, you're sounding real manly today. I like it. Oh no, this is, uh, actually this is my real voice. I just, uh, never use it. Oh, okay, yeah, so you're kind of in character. No, that's just my extra voice. I, sometimes I like to switch them up, uh... But this is just my regular relaxed voice. Is this like the hitting on girls cool guy voice? No, you... no, this is my uh, normal voice. But is this the one, you... do you use the other shittier voice to talk to girls? No, I just like to change it up sometimes. Oh, I hear you. I've been through, I've been there. Man, yeah. You know what, Sleeves? You know what I'm going to say? What? Smoke them if you got them. Sure. Because we got a great show, a great guest. Let's bring them on, Sleeves. We're about to talk some cool stuff. Well, heck yeah, we're talking to Mr. Third Eye Shrined. How's it going, guys? Third Eye. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's an honor. It's an honor on our end, actually. And uh, we want to, you know, talk everything with the bug colds and kind of get a, an introduction about yourself. Yeah, sure. Like, uh, how, how did you find the bug cult? Um, well... Like most people, uh, through Doughboys, um, sure. and then I think I just kind of started wandering around uh, the internet, trying to find out who, like, tried to find out the secret identity of the Bugmane, and then I came across, it was like right when he started his Instagram profile, and I think I was maybe like the 12th person to follow him on there. And that was, I mean, that was pretty later on. I think a lot of people were already, as far as, um, on, like, the Twitter side of things. Um, but, yeah, then I I had a Twitter that I never used. And, uh, yeah, got on there. I think the first person who I talked to regularly on there was uh, a friend of my show, friend of your show, uh, Mr. Dickie Killjoy. Um Dicky, a legend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were just talking and then just kind of got involved in conversations with the, you know, the rest of the people on there. It's a pretty welcoming crowd. Everybody's everybody's a real sweetie in the words of uh, Jeff Gibson. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, no, it's been great. I mean, I I think with a lot of people, um, especially getting into it maybe had, um, you know, something going on in one way or another, or just like, you know, um, I don't know, something they were dealing with. And I feel like it's helped a lot of people. I mean, I was just like, um, I don't know. I had just moved to, it's like right before I moved to Portland. So it's feeling like really weird and out of place in my hometown. And, um, yeah, moved away for a while, and then, like, yeah, found everybody on there, and, like, yeah, it's been great. I'm definitely, I'm happier now since before joining the cult, so, you know, that's something in itself. <laughs> another success story, buzz buzz, yeah. Right, you're just another, and they, the, the cult's so real, it's a real cult. I mean, that's evidence right there. <clears throat> yeah it's... i noticed i'm sorry we really I, I really just jumped in and asked you like uh 
about the cult, and I like barely introduced you. I mean, you're you're Third Eye Shrined. People, yes. how do people know you? I mean, you are one of the inside jerks. That's you, true. Yeah. You performed at BugCon uh, 2019. You made the theme music for the Dune Boys. I mean, uh, you deserved much better introduction than what I gave you. You have, <laughs> you have a lot of cool. status, and uh, we kind of <laughs> blew it on that one. No, At no, least it's... you caught yourself. A catch is a catch is good. No, it's because um... well, yeah, because I. No, I. I mean. It's cool, man. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, because, I mean, I, I, I'm i sorry. I apologize. I did just jump in because, I mean, you do stuff in the cult. These people, they know who you are. And I kind of forgot that uh, I think well, I think that so much. You know what? You, honestly, you're a person that I know super well. Like, yeah. we met in person at BugCon and then had, like, a big, huge day together. Yeah, we that was that was awesome. <laughs> left BugCon, like, yeah. So like, uh, you know, um, I, I mean, you're, yeah, they, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh well, let's no, let's hear more about no, this. I, how how the BugCon experience was for uh, yourself and getting to hang out with sleeves. Oh, oh that, sure, because was... we had a we had a pretty personal one on one BugCon experience because. After BugCon, we went and got dinner together, and we ended up getting a bunch of free dinner. Yeah, that was... And it was perfect, because it was, uh... It was exactly what you ordered, it, it was on... and a lot more food. <laughs> you know? It was, yeah, uh... well, like, you started to order. Yeah, you started ordering, and then the lady was like, oh, wait a second, there's this fucking like whatever you started to order she's like this is in this bag and these people just fucking left uh take it if you want it and you were like oh, okay and then i started to order and i wanted something specific and i was afraid it wasn't i didn't expect it to be in that bag and then you were like oh no wait a second everything you are ordering right now is also in this bag so we got everything we were going to order the same bag in the same bag, and like extra shit, and yeah, uh, yeah it was like everything con. we wanted plus nachos. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's just I think that's just the power of the cult. I yeah, don't think, absolutely. I don't know that you guys had the vibes. On a different you day. were at the con earlier in the day, and then this with the extra nachos on top, all for yeah. free. All yeah, for free. It does sound like a miracle. A blessing. Yeah, bug works in mysterious ways. Yeah, it was a true blessing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this time it was uh, through a burrito. Yeah, and and those were really and good burritos. It was it was good food too. It, it was. And then it was enough it was enough food that we were able to shove it in the fridge of the hotel and then eat it for breakfast in the morning a double free meal yeah, yeah. double oh, miracle it was, it was yeah. a lot yeah it was uh, amazing it was amazing wow. it, it really was skill scattle and then like buzz buzz and then we continued to do stuff that night buzz 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 uh we went to a 7-eleven so hold on i want to this is all just epic okay so yeah. the con happens then free food, and then you're uh -huh. riding high. 
stomach sure. full, and you're telling sure, me sure. then you're hitting hitting the uh, the nightlife. Sure. First, we uh, we did some stuff, but we ended up at a Seven Eleven, and I was able to get a premier nightlife spot. Seven <laughs> Eleven. Well, Seven Eleven was a very important destination for me. Uh, it took me a second to realize it, but um, I had run out of cigarettes in the day one of BugCon, mm-hmm. and I acquired a from a, a very generous. Uh, a group of folks, I acquired a pack of uh, Camel Crushes, mm-hmm. and I like a, I like a, a Newport non-menthol uh, full-flavored 100. So were you crushing or uncrushing those? I wasn't crushing, but like they just were not hitting the spot. So when I got to the 7-Eleven and I saw they had them there, I was very, very excited and I asked for him, and the guy was like, ah, we don't have those. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you totally fucking have them. I see him right back there. And he was like, no, man, we don't have those. <laughs> and I was like, look right there. And he was like, oh, wow. He was like, nobody's ever asked for these before. <laughs> I didn't know we carried them. And then he blew dust off like, of wow, the pack. they're like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you really want these, kid? <laughs> and uh, they were fine. They were great. Like you said, he blew the dust off. It so sounds even... kind of like another miracle. Like why? You know, <laughs> I don't think it was. A, they haven't sold it, it in years. Miracle. They shouldn't have even had them anymore. Really. I don't think it was a true miracle. I think it was just. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that guy was just trying to prank me. Maybe. Maybe yeah. he saw those camels in my pocket and he was like, "I'm not giving you." You can't handle you can't handle that, you know. Oh, he like. saw that that doe look in your eyes of a Midwest boy in California, and he sure. thought he could get a prank in. Well, yeah, luckily I was there yeah. to to buy sleeve cigarettes for him because you know being yeah, thirteen right, and all, yeah. it's it's pretty difficult in California. Right. But well, and I have my fake ID, but my fake ID is only uh, it's only sixteen, so that I can uh, drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> and not, like, get any sort of ticket. So yeah, yeah. I didn't really think it through. I don't know. It came... I didn't, like, really start smoking until after I was driving a car, like, and realized I need something to yeah, makes sense. make me look cooler while I'm driving a car, you know? Yeah, something to do with you know, your you got your hand. sunglasses on. You're looking cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, I was uh, doing something else, did, and they said, you can't do that. Almost got busted with the fake ID. Did something happened after 7-Eleven or was the cigarettes uh, oh yeah the last kind it, of cherry? it does continue from there um i i hit up one of my good friends that i haven't seen in probably like three years or so and then he's like well, where are you and then i gave him the intersection he's like okay i'll be there in 10 minutes and he lives in an apartment building that was like a block from where uh sleeves hotel room was <laughs> it was yeah, again, just one of those synchronicities. And then from there, we were trying to look for um, you know, a bar, get a drink, and just hang out. And uh, then we run into the uh, the Electric Pussycat, the uh, Austin Powers-themed uh, pop-up bar. And <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, like, yeah. Yeah, cool. walking in there, there's like the front of a Volkswagen Beetle, and I was like, Oh, that would be cool if that was a DJ booth. And then we went upstairs, and it's the DJ booth. <laughs> it's, like, very well laid out in that place. They 
They've done it. They've certainly done it. It was completely dead in there um, yeah, until was... like yeah, we got there early though. I mean, we I think we were there by like nine p.m. So it was it was early yeah, for we a bar. Were there pretty early. Yeah, especially it was like Saturday too. I think was it? yeah. Well, of course it was Saturday. It was day one of yeah. Lincoln, but. Wow, day one. So you rode into day two having that free meal, feeling confident. Yeah, that's what we had for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Free cold wow. burritos. You couldn't plan it better. And your buddy lived like a couple <laughs> blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I he haven't ended seen up him. living, like you said, super close to where we were staying. And yeah, like, last time I saw I mean, him, he we was living in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, we he's... talked about Portland for a while. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's in he's in Glendale. <laughs> Let me hit him up. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, he was literally like a block or two blocks down from where we were at, and then uh, we just yeah, we just were able to walk around. It was pretty cool. Perfect, a clutch weekend. Yeah, his uh, I <laughs> he texted me to tell me he was on his way, and I just like I have to repeat his joke because it was very good. He's like. He's like, I'm headed down the street. See you there. I'm wearing a purple shirt with an American haircut. <laughs> and then Sleeves is like, yeah, I didn't totally know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what you meant at first. And yeah, then I saw him I like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he totally did. He had a shirt on. It was purple. And he had this haircut. It was nice. American as fuck. It was yeah. <laughs> Just American, huh? That's yep. The best way to describe it. Right on. Yeah, and he showed us this, like, uh, little fountain where you, like, got to play with the fucking... It had this, like, touchpad, and you got to, like, I don't know, make it do shit. Made noise and shit. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I was water in a fountain? Wow. Yeah, I was uh, pretty mesmerized by that, and then I realized, like, I'm not even high. What am I doing? I've been standing here for five minutes. <laughs> like, just, like, pushing kids out of the way so I could touch the the light-up buttons. Yeah, we had to fight a couple kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know you have a good track record fighting kids, Sleeves. Sure, sure. Undefeated. But, no, it was pretty cool. And, I mean, you're going to be coming back to BugCon uh, 2020, right? Yeah, we are. We're recording an episode of Inside Jerks live. Yeah, I'm hoping to. Hell yeah. Yeah, I wanna. Yeah, if we could set it up. I mean, it depends if I'm like, you know, uh, if I'm doubled up and like Mike Mitchell is on the panel stage, it might be hard to get people in there. Uh, but, but yeah, um, want to kind of do a thing of just have like a. You know, a circulating line of people to just talk about, you know, favorite movie, favorite album, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, we're in the early planning stages. We might have something different going on then. Yeah, we've got time. There's a lot of yeah. time to prepare and kind of, I think I missed the first BugCon. Obviously, I want 2020 to be bigger and better, but it does seem it's going to be bigger and better. Yeah, yeah, there's already, um, yeah, a lot more... A lot more uh, core members of the cult that are coming in. I know that. And a lot of, um, yeah, we're going to have a lot more organization between, you know, between us buglings as far as, like, things we're doing outside of the con. Because it's like no one really knew each other in person the first time around. So, like, the first half of day one was just, like, 
no, a bunch of people awkwardly standing around and like kind of recognizing people <laughs> from photos. So yeah, it was a little bit, um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a rough start because we are all like, you know, weirdos on the internet. So yeah, it just took a, you know, took a couple hours to get acclimated into that environment. I mean, you get a bunch of bugs crawling all over the place and, uh, next to the GOP convention, it's going to get a little weird. Yeah, it's hard not to know what it's hard to know what to do without your keyboard or your phone typing it. Yeah. Yeah, but luckily the, the uh time. yeah, the the rain total body fuel started flowing and uh yeah, everybody got to oh, know yeah. each other pretty quickly. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, there's uh, you know, natural caffeines that helps increase concentration, reduce fatigue. You know, there's B vitamins like B3, B6, B12, uh, all sorts of uh, branched chain amino acids and electrolytes. And then still like zero calories, zero sugar, zero artificial flavors and artificial coloring. I mean, some people think it's like an energy drink, but it's more like that total body fuel, right, Sleeves? Yeah, there's a lot of... um, A lot of fucking idiots. Yeah, a lot of fucking idiots call it a energy drink and it's not it's a it's a total body fuel which i don't know i i always find that pretty interesting well it's a it helps explain why bugcon you know was what it was in a way you can see all these great people even hyped up higher off the rain yeah and it's like uh i mean it's a true misnomer like to call it an energy drink because energy drinks don't have riboflavin so (laughs) yeah exactly Goodness, goodness. 2020 is going to be amazing. <laughs> Rain is sponsoring 2020 again. Very happy. Hell yeah. <clears throat> it's going to be great. I might oh, be yeah. uh, I might be bringing some beer, like a lot of beer. So we'll see um, when the time comes around. I might be providing yeah. a keg if I can sneak a keg into the... Um, the hall there i think i might be able to just hide it in a bag of things but like i know the hotel might not be cool with a keg <laughs> i think we could sneak cans around but <laughs> keg might be a little difficult <laughs> i think you could get it in the hotel you might have a hard time getting past that alex fear that might be running the door for con though he oh that's true that keg slide in that's true well i mean we're gonna be a an unofficial sponsor so it's okay, this is yeah, uh yeah a, um, yeah, I'm working on opening a brewery myself, so I'm, uh, yeah, pretty okay, well into the, the beer business. Um, it's called Geartooth Aleworks. It's, um, pretty, uh, pretty locally, um, distributed around my area, like Sacramento area and, uh, the Bay area. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're in those areas, okay. like... Yeah, you can find our beer in some grocery stores. We're just uh, getting our physical location going. But um, I say unofficial sponsor because I want to call this beer something really gross, so I don't really want to attach <laughs> the uh, actual brewery's name to it. <laughs> okay, okay. That sounds awesome. That's sweet. Got Dude's got his own beer, Sleeves. Um, beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. And stuff. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. And stuff. Beer is good. Uh, Bug is good. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Okay, so outside of uh, beer and uh, the bug cult, um, what else were we going to talk about? We wanted oh, to talk we were... movie sleeves. Yeah, we're, uh, we're talking about my favorite movie of hey. all time. Yeah, uh, fucking Videodrome, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, David Cronenberg's uh, best work. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about the movie and uh, why did you pick it? Um, well, aside from it being my favorite movie of all time, I think it does have a lot of um, a lot of themes that are consistent with uh, some of the, uh, the Bugs' teachings. There's definitely um, an overarching theme of um, overstimulation. Uh, which I know that's something, uh, you know, as far as like how we intake news and everything like that. I was just listening to the Dickie Kiljoy episode um, of your guys' show, and that, uh, yeah, that idea of overstimulation and not, you know, that that could be like, you know, dangerous in your everyday life, and you can't be paying attention to like everything that's going on in the world. Um, but. Yeah, it has a lot to do, it centers around VHS tapes, but I think it's applicable for any media. That's just what was the, um, you know, the media of choice when it was uh, released. But I think you could apply, you know, the internet or any other form of physical media to that. And it works, you know, just as well. Oh, for sure. It's like all the the angles. It doesn't matter that it's VHS. It's all of uh, the ways that everything's infiltrating in this movie. Yeah, and the idea that it, um, well, I mean, we could could get like deep, deep into it right now. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? Well, here, it, it, uh, it, 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 like, we, we just, uh, set it up. If, uh, anybody hasn't seen it, Videodrome, it's, it's young James Woods as our lead. It's kind of the, the most hunky version of James Woods that existed. Sure. Because now he's kind of the old man on Twitter. But now this is young James Woods. And they he's, show his butt in this too, right? Is oh, it just yeah. his butt? Did he show Dong? I don't they remember. don't show Dong, oh, no. Yeah. But he, did we see? Not no to dong. give, okay. not to give too much away, you do see his stomach <laughs> vagina. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but you did see, you knew, yes, yeah, saw his butt, Sleeves was on that. That's, Sleeves doesn't write a lot of notes before the shows, but I'm looking over now, and that one was written really big at the top. Saw yeah, James that's Woods about butt. like 20 minutes into the movie you get James Wood's butt, too. It's pretty, they get right into it. Oh, yeah, they don't waste any time. Because... Okay, yeah, because, uh, yeah, it's James Woods. He's, he's having, like, the meeting, and we get to see that he's looking at, I think they call that first video, like, Samurai Dreams that he's yeah. checking out. And, uh, like, I guess to just sum it up quickly, the porn's too soft for James, is what he says. Yeah, it's got no is edge. Pretty much. Yeah. No Not edge, yeah. Edge. He needs it to be a little tough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like an executive just looking for content, right? Right, yeah. It's like a like a public access station that he, in order to get viewership, well, I guess he does have advertisers, so it might not be public access. It might just be like a, you know, one step removed from like a pirate radio like station. Civic TV, I think, might be the name. Yeah, the one you take to bed with. Hell yeah. When you take to bed with you, yeah, because yeah, it's a, yeah. it, cause it's a, yeah, it's um, 
it's a wild channel that he's running to begin with because he's looking at kind of what ends up being um, a softcore porn that's uh, too soft for what his channel needs because he's trying to get, you know, some real ratings. Yeah, and I think it's um, it only operates, like, in the late hours. It's like a kind of... When another station goes off the air, he's like, you know, he's probably got the midnight to 4 a.m. time slot that he's trying to fill. So, like, you know, I don't know when I'm ever hornier than then. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... Midnight to 4 a.m. And if it's longer than that, then... Uh, you should consult a doctor, I, yeah. Should... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They say nothing good happens after midnight, and a lot of that correlates with being horny from midnight to about four as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, because you just destroy everything. There's just a huge mess everywhere. Yeah. So he's running the channel for um, horny people that maybe are perverts because he's looking for rough stuff. He turns down the first offer that he has at, like, this meeting, and then... uh, Try to and describe. I don't know. What Samurai Dreams looks pretty good. Show him. I would watch Samurai Dreams. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, there's plenty of boobs. I mean, I know Sleeves is on board with that, but uh, there's <laughs> the woman like walks in to a desk and there's a doll on the table and then she just pulls the dress off of the doll and it's just a wooden dildo. It's it's <laughs> oh, pretty yeah. like and they yeah. like and they filmed that just for the movie like they filmed a separate thing to like i think there is somewhere floating around i think you can watch that full like they have one episode that you could watch um that might have been like floating around like around the time it might be hard to find now because that's like all pre-internet but yeah uh according to videodrome lore david cronenberg did film like one entire episode of samurai dreams for those shots whoa that's dedication. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, it looks like a cool show. <laughs> it's like really, I mean, especially if you look at it now, like maybe if you were watching it in the 80s, it would just kind of look like everything else. But it just seems like this weird, cool, washed out 80s softcore. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd watch it for sure. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> It's pretty great, but it doesn't it doesn't hit James Woods. It doesn't get him horned. So no, no, he not what he's having, looking for. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he like goes to this person or if they call him, but he goes and meets with somebody that I, it seems catches like a pirate uh, radio or broadcast that are going on. Yeah, that's his. Um, that's a Harlan. That's his like um, AV engineer. So James Woods doesn't do any of the tech stuff. He just makes the the decisions on, like, what gets aired. But it's up to this guy to, like, he runs their entire AV thing. And then they have a giant antenna where they can intercept signals as well. Yeah, so they're catching whatever's getting thrown out across the country. And he shows James, like, he's like, I got this new shit. Yeah, and he he claims that it's, like, uh, he's got, like... 53 seconds of footage and then they lose the feed it gets like um you know it's uh he's able to descramble some of it and then it just uh yeah they lose the signal and it's just uh straight up torture porn i mean they describe uh there's a wall of clay that's um like moistened that looks like 
a giant like a blanket of human skin on the wall um, and it's supposedly electrified and they're tying people to it people are getting whipped um, someone gets choked with a belt it's um, yeah it's pretty rad stuff honestly <laughs> real horny stuff it's um it's I mean sleeves you you at Bugcon you did the talk about being horny and not perverted or you know I'm sure, sure. you have some sort of thoughts of you know how this toes the line. I mean, it was pretty horny. <laughs> um everything seemed uh everything James Woods did I think seemed consensual. I don't necessarily know. Well yeah, he he wasn't on the torture as, uh, show right there, you know. Yeah, he's watching some kind of it would get some people a, a little turned off sure certain people not, sure, not sure. the majority obviously well, the majority love it he meets that lady and i did write down a note and uh he meets that lady and like they go back to his place yeah and well, she's like you got any porno yeah and uh he's like oh i got this thing and and he's like it's uh, i don't know uh, said it's not exactly sex like, and she's yeah, like says who <laughs> yeah and says who hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that was cool. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, so, I mean, it works, Debbie that Harry he... of uh, Blondie. Oh, okay, yeah, of Blondie? Yeah, yeah, lead singer of Blondie. I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. realize that, shit. Okay, yeah, so because he meets her, he like he finds this torture porn, basically. He's like, this is my stuff. Find more of this stuff. Yeah, he's got and his he's, AV guy. He's under the impression that... Um, that uh, he's uh, that it's like all faked. He thinks this is just like a show that they that they're putting on. Um, no, he's definitely under the impression that no one is actually getting hurt, and this is on like a a volunteer basis, or this like show is casted. Um, he like makes some allusion to like um, someone being a political prisoner, but like referring to it as like a plot because he just like he's like where does this plot come in because they only have this like little section but it's like that's it it's just people being tortured yeah he uh he's looking at it as the sleazy executive that's like this is fucking brilliant it's cheap and there's two people there's no cost yeah. and everybody will love it everybody's gonna get horned up Yeah, and, um, and then he's uh, yeah, they and get, then he's on that TV show after and two, right? Yeah, when he gets the uh, the first signal, um, it like cuts right to him meeting uh, Debbie Harry's character, and it's like it was a conversation about um, is what he's presenting to people smart? Is it like healthy for people to have an outlet? And then. Um, yeah, Debbie Harry's character, Nikki Brand, is like, oh, we live in a society of overstimulation. And then James Woods is just like, why'd you wear that dress? She's just wearing this bright red dress. <laughs> and he's just like, he immediately is just like, hey, can I take you out to dinner tonight? Like, on, on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so, he hits yeah. on her on the show. and is yeah. Saying, yeah, and they're like talking if it's like, porn leading to violence and you know all the stuff he's putting forward and he just doesn't even answer and just you know kind of hits on the hot chick the whole time yeah <laughs> in true james woods fashion 
<laughs> yeah, in true James Woods fashion. And then it's like the other character that they introduce in this section is um, Professor Oblivion. And he's yeah, media kind of cool for the he he won't show up in person. Yeah, he will only appear um, on television on television. <laughs> and it's um, yeah, so they've got that. Yeah, this movie just has some great quotes. Um, first one being from Brian Oblivion: "The television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. That like everything." Everything we like, we say or we do is dictated by like what we what we are shown, and I think that's um, a pretty powerful statement. And like, yeah, kind of a warning on like what you should be taking in. Yeah, and what it actually is doing to you. He's kind of the the counter argument to James's just cool guy. I'm gonna hit on people and love my porn job. And he's like, I actually wrote one note. Now I've kind of lost the context in my head. I wrote down that Oblivion said, soon we'll all have special names. Yeah, yes, that's they such asked a... If Oblivion, yeah, they asked if that's his real name. And he's like, no, that's not my, that's not the name I was born with. It's my television name. And that rang kind of true with the cult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sure, sure. <laughs> everybody, we've all lost our names. We're all handles now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's appearing as on the big box old school TV, sp- spitting out all the hate for it. And James just isn't flu- influenced at all. And, uh, like, you know, nothing about what he saw earlier was uh, torture. And he's, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a good guy, he thinks. He's not towing the line of any problems. And he just wants to meet up with that chick later, basically. Um, I think in between he just finds out that show's coming from, like, Pittsburgh or somewhere. And then he's waiting on his date. Yeah, yeah, in true James Woods fashion, he refuses to take in new information. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um... Yeah, and then it's that, like he said earlier, Sleeves, then he he gets to hang out with, uh, the girl from Blondie, and she, uh, she gets pretty horned up from this torture porn. Yeah, and she, uh... Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt there. Um, but oh no, 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 go ahead. She just, um, she's just like, "Hey, take out your pocket knife, cut me right here." <laughs> and then it's weird because like James yeah, Woods is got... like, he just wants everybody to consume all this like really, you know, violent sexual material. But when it really comes down to it, like he's not a kinkster whatsoever. Like he. He right. seems a little like a vanilla boy at the beginning of the uh, the movie. Vanilla boy James Woods. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, because she's got she has like four cuts on her neck already. She's been getting kind of crazy, and he's a little scared to cut her. Yeah, yeah, he's like really, really creeped out by it. But like he, I, it's hard to tell if he's. If he's actually getting horned up by the uh, material he, he puts on his thing, or he's just like, oh, yeah, this is wild enough. I'll get the real freaks out. Like, it's almost like he's, like, taking advantage of people who, you know, would be into that sort of thing, because um, we'll find out how dangerous the signal is uh, later on in the movie. But he um, he doesn't seem to have a stomach for it himself, which is, like, a very interesting point that he's, like, you know, 
putting an outlet for people to consume this, but he himself is like afraid to consume it, but also kind of addicted to it in the same way. Like maybe he's trying to um, like almost cover for that, that he's like, he's like, Oh no, I can't watch this thing. But like yeah. secretly, well, I mean, yeah, it's like a guilty pleasure sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was all like, Oh, you want to be cut? I'm not going to cut you. And she's like, Oh no, I like it. He's like, okay, cool. Then yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking yeah. cut you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, well, they kind of they kind of meet in the middle ground. Um, he he needles her ear. Yeah, and then pours hot wax okay, all sure. over. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm that'll... not quite into cutting you, but I'll stab your ear with yeah. this and pour <laughs> wax on you. Yeah, and she's like she's so into it. He like you're saying he kind of almost knows like it really shouldn't even be brought out. And it's a short thing, and it gets her so in the mood that she's wondering how you get on the show. And she's wanting basically all this stuff to happen to her as well. And he's not fully in. Yeah, he's like, he definitely wants, feels the need to protect her because he knows this thing is dangerous. Like, I think that's when he realizes, like, wait, what if this thing is real? I think that was his, like, first indicator. As soon as she wanted to do it, he's like, wait, no. <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody I care about to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, not the girl I was hoping to start hooking up with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I might be using that as a stretch of people he cares about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, it doesn't seem like he cares about yeah. much other than, like, yeah. Um, satisfying viewers' needs Being in us. the form of filling his pocket. Yeah, yeah, being a success in every way. And he's a, uh, and then it's like, so he has this crazy night with her, you know, kind of d- puts his toe in the water with a needle in her ear to keep her happy and get some. And then he has, is it a meeting with the agent lady the next day? Or is it a, is she a, a movie producer? She's like a, um, or a she's TV kind of a, producer, I mean. yeah, she does run another um, TV show, but she has a, um, it's like, she's kind of the middle person for, um, for obtaining these uh, videos. I think um, my understanding of it is the, the two guys, the producers of Samurai Dreams, I imagine that he went to her um, in order to like set up that meeting. Um, so she, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, so she's like kind of got the uh, the inside scoop on like you know, the the real weird stuff that's been floating around. Yeah, and she shows him. Um, it looks like uh, I wrote down. <laughs> this is such a dumb note. I wrote Apollo porn because it was like old school Greek, and maybe they did say Apollo in it. But it's like yeah, they're back there uh, having their Greek orgies for the show she's pitching to him. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like Palace of Dionysus or something like that. There was some, uh, or uh, maybe Aphrodite, something like that. Some sort of, uh, um, you know, metaphor into like ancient Greek sex philosophy, <laughs> sex gods. Yeah. Um, but again, again, it's too soft. <laughs> too damn soft of porn. <laughs> and he just had that crazy night. He saw what the hard stuff does. Can't have this. Just half ass. Yeah, yeah. No so one's no one it. is allowed to get... edge when James Woods is involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "Fuck this show. I need you to find out about uh, 
Does he? He just says the show coming out of Pittsburgh. I can't remember if he has a name for it. Um, yeah, they are. It's the it's the video Chrome. Do you know Video Chrome? Drone. Drone. Yeah. Drone. Um, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, video it's um, it's Harlan, his assistant, who's just like, "Hey, I found it. They were, you know, they were bouncing their signal all around. It's based in Pittsburgh, and you know, he's like, um, if you catch it early on, I mean, uh, upon a like a second viewing, when he shows James Woods the uh, Videodrome clip, and this is going to come in later on, he's looking the other way. Like when they pan back to Harlan, he's looking away from the, the TV screen while it's playing. So it's, um, okay. yeah, it's kind of like a foreshadowing thing that like, you know, James Woods is really, this is for his eyes only. Yeah, James Woods is going to be the only victim this other dude knows. I didn't catch that, though. It's slick. It's some second viewing. I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, and then the he, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I found the signal. It's in Pittsburgh. But, like, yeah, again, James Woods is only receiving this, you know, through his assistant. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I. But he's going to put that agent on trying to find the, the people, and she says, okay. Yeah, and then she does she does track it down. She says it's um you know, she basically gives him a warning that it's, you know, some very dangerous people and she warns him not to seek it. And then um yeah, I think from there he goes uh he's hanging out with Debbie Harry again and she says she's going on a business trip to Pittsburgh to be on Videodrome and that's when he's like <laughs> he gets like he, like, really freaks out on her because he's, like, you know, he just got the warning, you know, these are dangerous people. Um, well, we yeah. just had really good hot sex with her the other night, and now she's like, oh, yeah, I'm leaving to go to the place where they do that stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bugging about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that's really what it comes down to. He's like, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> he's he's worried about her, but yeah, he's uh <laughs> That's what's going on in his head between midnight and 4 later that day after she left. <laughs> no, it yeah, it comes off as real uh, worry, but he might just be worried that like he won't be able to satisfy her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. She, she's something in it. And then it's like he's uh he ends up I think he ends up at that mission next, but he's uh He's trying. He's like trying to find out more through like Professor Oblivion too with this show as well, and like what's going on. Right. Yeah. He gets a tape from. Um, does he go to Oblivion's place at that point, or is that not till later on? I think she just gives him a tape. Um, I think. I think after that, yeah, she like. Gives I think him she. That tape. Yeah. Yeah, I think she meets him in his office um, to give him the tape at first. Um, the only thing now that I look at it, the only thing in between is they do that weird mission where it's like homeless people and they're getting to see the TVs. Yeah, that's what I was gonna gonna um, talk about. I wasn't sure if we were we were at that point yet, but yeah, he does meet her in person at the office to get the tape about it. Uh, but yeah, it's like a it's like an opium uh -huh. den for like consumer TV. It's yeah, everybody's kind of wired in and they have their own booths with a um with their own individual TVs that they're staring into. 
it's um yeah it's a pretty like yeah it goes back to that same thing with like overstimulation that like you know this uh you know television is a drug and we do get you know it even you know music movies any kind of media that we consume we do get like that uh rush of endorphins or like dopamine and like it can really affect your mood and you can you know it can affect like how you live your day too and yeah again it's like this warning of like you know this thing is really addictive be careful what you consume you know maybe maybe watch less things and you know live your life man go outside look at some trees um <laughs> yeah so uh not to get all yeah, like listen. yeah not to get all like super like you know earth hippie on you guys but like i mean i don't really uh, smoke no. but i took a puff of my vape pen when we started this thing and i'm just like i love the earth <laughs> go outside and listen don't, to the bugs and the animals don't, yeah. don't stare at your screens all the time go outside look at some trees listen to a podcast i mean at least like one hour out of the week <clears throat> just like you know instead of watching tv inside just you know watch youtube on your phone outside yeah <laughs> hop on a bike and watch youtube on your phone <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, because the the way that place looks is like um, dirty homeless people going to like dirty cubicles that are set up as a mission. It's just, yeah, they got their own box TV and it's just, oh, these poor people. It's yeah, so it's so addicted. It's definitely set up. It almost looks like a makeshift hospital. It reminds me of like uh, in uh, Vancouver, there's those um, like clinics that you can go to if you are a heroin user. And you can shoot up at a safe space, and it's like that, like, you know, a lot of, in that case, it. I'm sure it helps a lot of people in seeking help, but I don't think in the case of TV with people just glued to televisions, I mean, I mean, it didn't show anything, but I'm sure there's just like bedpans and like catheters and shit. Like, I don't think those people are getting up from their chairs at all for days on end. Like, it definitely seems like they are fully consumed by that. You know, much more of like, yeah, like I said earlier, like an opium den kind of setup. Like it's not, it's not a healthy environment. No, not at all. So he's kind of seeing like a a bunch of people again, and then his night gets really crazy when he goes home, and is like kind of by himself and starts uh, just like really having kind of the first wild trips that are in the movie or visual things happening. Yeah, yeah. So he gets the tape from uh, Oblivion's daughter explaining um, what the uh, what the Videodrome um, like what the signal is, and yeah, we qu- quickly find out that it is a it excites the growth of a tumor in your brain to produce hallucinations that are controlled by the signal itself. And it kind of takes you on these wild rides and you could be like programmed into it. And then before you know it, his uh, TV is sprouting veins. It's uh, starting to throb. Um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's got that classic Cronenberg um, body horror thing. Like, and it's just a television. Like, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, I... I cannot reiterate enough how much I love this movie <laughs> and how it's, yeah, it's like it's cool. The TV starts getting yeah, it I was starts just getting the growth bubbles and like the yeah. changes on the videotape and stuff. 
Yeah, and he like shoves his head in it and shit, doesn't he? Um, and like some shit, and then like I don't know. Then I don't know the visuals in it. That's where they like really like take off. Then furniture's the moving and cracking in pieces, and he's got a he's got a gun out. Yeah, and then he like his chest gets this giant vagina on it. And, like, yeah, the up. trip's kind of all because there's like a few things in between these like viewings that he's doing. But it's just kind of turns into like one long trip after that. And you're like, like you know, he has yeah, no idea how yeah. many days he's been out or yeah, like what's real. And yeah, he's feeling around his uh, his stomach vagina with his gun, which is like I'm, you know, I'm a huge <laughs> advocate of gun safety. And like, you know, you definitely want to have your finger your... wrapped around the trigger and feeling your uh, stomach vagina. That's definitely how you do that <laughs> safely, as long as the safety is on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he gets his whole hand up there, and then it gets stuck because those uh, those uh, those lips chop down. And uh, he finally gets his hand out, but where's the fucking gun? He loses the gun inside himself. <laughs> Um, and then he's like yeah. out of it, stomach vagina's gone, and then he can't find the gun in his couch. Um, and it's like he's just completely panicking. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah. Where do we go it's, from there? It's, it's trippy. It's trippy looking. I mean, it's he, like he like continues to have that like happen to him. Oh yeah. yeah, the whole like you said, the whole rest of the movie feels then, like he stepped into acid world in a way. Yeah, and then like you said, all that body horror stuff, like his hand, like he gets the gun out later because like he starts losing his mind, I guess more or less. And yeah, starts, oh, like, he uh, sees uh, Nikki Brand on people. Videodrome. He sees Nikki Brand on Videodrome, and that's okay, when yeah, 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 her um. He sees her, and then. It's like made to look like she was controlling Videodrome the whole time. And then um, it's like she's being used as like a messenger to to him. And then the screen turns into her lips and then it pops out in, in like a bubble. And then he's sticking his face in it and all the while while holding a gun. Oh, like, again, it's just very safe operation of this gun. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. it gets and, super and weird from there. kind of just drives him. Yeah. And then, um, Get, yeah. he, uh, and the gun, uh, I, I don't think it's at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is at that point. The gun is, um, we're getting towards the end here, but the gun becomes attached to his hand by, um, yeah. by these hallucinations. And it's like, just this gross, like rubbery wiring that's just slowly stabbing into his fingers. It it looks great, like even today. That's why I love practical effects. Like CGI always is like constantly getting out of date, and something that was made like two years ago doesn't look as good anymore. But like this still looks like absolutely pristine, like and realistic and gross. And uh, so yeah, I was watching. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I was watching some other Cronenberg stuff, and, like, there was one where um, someone's, like, in a hospital, and so, like, he's doing, like, a skin graft and stuff, and just, like, slicing people as this doctor in the hospital the whole time, this one guy, and I, it's, like, those effects were <laughs> too much for uh, 
for a hospital setting. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, the shit going through James Wood's hand and shit, like, all that shit is so, like, insane looking. And then, like, to see him do another movie but in a hospital setting is, well, I couldn't look at some scenes. Yeah, the practical effects <laughs> really too much, get you. Uh, it was too much for me because, uh, I don't know, it was, like, too real of a scene, I guess, for a hospital. Yeah, because his... And this with his melded gun hand, it's just so cool looking after it's, like, once it's a part of him, and he's just, it's, yeah, he's, it's just there. Oh, There's yeah, no that more gun, concern. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that gun is, like, that giant gun hand, because it... Yeah, it looks it, it nasty. Bigger, it's it it's that, all like, greasy, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah like and... You could, like, at the start, you're like, that could be cool. But then, like, the more it, like, grows, he's got that, like, goo. He's just got a club with a barrel on the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, um, it reminded me uh, of, like, the Evil Dead kind of, uh, fucking Bruce Campbell getting his chainsaw hand. I watched Evil Dead the other day, and, or Evil Dead 2, when he gets that, and it kind of reminded me of that same thing. Just that sort of like disgusting kind of practical effect and then a I don't know a cool hand weapon yeah something that's gone in movies nowadays it's really cool to get to see practical effects when they you know are done well and interesting well yeah Cronenberg's still doing it I mean I don't know if you've seen a a history of violence or uh, maps to the stars but there's some like real nasty stuff in there and the makeup has just gotten more realistic and it's like it's even more disturbing because it's not this kind of like, um, you know, it doesn't have that grainy film quality. It's like super crisp HD and, um, you know, as more recent movies have been more or less grounded in reality that they don't really have that body horror, but it's just like very realistic violence using that same, like just better practical effects technology. And it's just like gross like in uh, a history of violence vigo mortensen hits ed harris in the face with a pot of coffee and there's just glass just explodes all over his face and he's got like you know probably 500 tiny cuts all over his face from this coffee pot and it just looks like there's just so much blood dripping out of his face it's like really it's nasty it's it's great <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but, and then, yeah gets, go ahead gets, yeah where are we the in the ending, movie now <laughs> with the ending it gets a little it gets a little wild like it he has his hand goo gun and then he's like kind of he gets converted to being all about like the new flesh sort of after um learning more of the video drum yeah so he goes to um he the first people on his list he gets um he gets uh, like kill his partners, I think. Yeah, the partners, the other leaders of the uh, the station there, and then he meets with um, Harlan and um, oh, what's his name? He's got a really good name, um, Barry Convex, the leader of uh, Spectacular Optical. But I I always love that like Barry Convex, like so. Of course, he has a lens name for a last name, <laughs> um, and they insert another tape. His uh, his stomach vagina reappears, and that has become a a VCR for new programming. 
and they just shove this tape in him. It looks very uncomfortable. I mean, James Woods is not having a good time. Um, and then he I mean, is. They did uh, forcefully shove it in his stomach, vagina. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was not. It was not a consensual consent. tape fucking. Yeah. Um, they didn't even <laughs> spit on it. No. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even lube up the tape. I mean, the tape was pretty greasy. It was kind of breathing when he did it. So, you know, it may have had its own oh, yeah, lubrication. It was. It was uh, uh, that's it was right. Like it throbbing. Was, it was like the death tape was coming. Yeah. Yeah, and the the new programming is to um, to uh, kill um, Brian Oblivion's daughter, and then we find out that um, that Brian Oblivion has been dead for a long time and only exists on videotape. Um, and his daughter is kind of the keeper of it, but, but here's the twist. The daughter inserts her own programming to, um, to kill the Videodrome leaders. Um, and actually shit, we missed, uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, which is when he gets the initial programming to, uh, kill the leaders of his television station he goes to see uh, Barry Convex, because um, at this point, Nikki Brand is missing, um, and he's had a few hallucinations, and then he goes see and sees Barry Convex to uh, get a hallucination recorded in another one of the, the great lines in this movie, and again, it's just like this thing that like people have no... Um, like no empathy for um for anybody else like they will push whatever they want onto someone else as long as it furthers their goals and he puts this uh recording device and then they loop the videodrome signal in it to uh provoke hallucinations because uh only the most kinky stuff can produce the most graphic simulations and then Barry Convex says I hope you don't mind if I don't stick around I just don't like freaky stuff and it's like he's this guy's <laughs> about to broadcast this thing on a national base and he's like no i don't want to see your hallucinations that's gross and he's like you know fully willing to further his own ideas and just you know it's all about this uh you know consumer versus the the people making it it's like i think um you know going back to cult stuff too i don't think you know, people on the news are just looking for ratings. They want to sell commercials and they don't care like how the things that you're consuming are affecting you. They just want, you know, to further their own needs. Um, and like, yeah, this, like, again, like I, you know, like I said earlier, like the media doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's on VHS tapes that even makes it like, um, easier to digest. Cause it's just such a, such a, a simple format that, you know, you could apply it to like literally anything um, in the in where we're living now. Um, but but back to the killing spree. <laughs> so he gets reprogrammed by uh, Brian Oblivion's daughter. Um, and, and then he's it's all about long live the new flesh. Yeah. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new yeah. flesh flesh. And um, so he goes back to his TV station and this. I had to kind of look it up to like the first few times that I watched it, I was like, what is this explosion? But, um, um, Harlan goes to put in an additional tape, um, because he thinks he's killed, um, Brian Oblivion's daughter. 
and uh, he goes to put the tape in, and then James Wood's stomach vagina just eats his hand, and it took yeah. me a couple times, but when he pulls out, pulls his hand out, when he pulls out, <laughs> it's a um, like a German military stick grenade, but it's all covered in all the slime and everything, and like the grenade is already ticking when he pulls it out. Um, but that's, I guess that uh, grenade okay. is actually there. So I don't really know. Like, it's hard to tell like where the hallucinations end, but the grenade did blow the wall apart in a very fantastic way. That's obviously just like styrofoam blocks the way the, <laughs> the brick kind of opens up in that scene. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like she, uh, she kind of reprograms them and says, use the powers that they gave you. And then it turns out the powers are that like, I can catch your arm in my stomach vagina and I can and make grenades in my belly. In you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he handles him. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes looking for the, like the owner basically of Videodrome. Yeah. Barry Convex. Um, so yeah, he's doing, uh, He's uh, launching, Spectacular Optical is launching their spring line, and um, it's like this big event. There's, you know, a lot of people there, and James Woods just, uh, he's sitting in the audience for a little bit, trying to hide his face, and then he's like, fuck it, now's the time, and just walks up to the stage and just blasts the dude like four times in the chest, and then once in the head, and then he just like turns into like monstrous like pulsating uh like intestines there's like intestines coming out of his head and like weird like insect tendrils and um he he says death the videodrome long live the new flesh drops the mic and then you can hear in the echo barry convex just like screaming this like just gross like blood filled just like like just echoing in the entire room <laughs> and it goes on for so long like he's wandering in the, around the building and it's just like a minute straight of this guy just melting on the floor while still like trying to scream with like a mouthful of like blood and pus it's like yeah it's again this movie's great <laughs> yeah it's awesome he just like rips apart from the inside yeah yeah, and he gets, like, he just, like, kind of melts in half, and it's just, like, yeah, the grossest kind of, I mean, I know Cronenberg uses a lot of, um, for the practical stuff, I know he has used, like, animal parts in the past, um, and that, like, mixed with rubber and, like, a lot of jelly, um, I'm sure they had a lube guy on set, I know they did on, a, I know, uh, Alien had a lube guy, so... Um, you know, yeah, there's, I think on a lot of these, uh, body horror things, they definitely, there's always a designated lube guy. Um, maybe yeah, we a can... lot of people don't know this sleeves sleeves has the jet ski, you know, stunt career going on, but he had a backup as maybe being a lube guy on some of the, the shows and movies. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. BugCon 2020, maybe we can get some, uh, you know, some non-union weekend work being lube guys for something. <laughs> So he he just he handles the owner. It's amazing. And then James escapes and like is kind of told like he's kind of uh told to go to his next phase. Yeah, to um to become the new flesh. Um he he goes to uh 
It's like a weird, like back alley warehouse kind of thing. And there is a television screen there with, with Nikki brand. And again, like amazing line, don't be afraid to let your body die. Um, and that just like, Oh man, this movie's beautiful. You guys, I love this movie so much. Um, and then, uh, yeah, she again, tells him you need to kill the old flesh. Yeah. To become the new flesh. And it's just this, um, yeah, this repetition of this phrase, death to video long live the new flesh. And, um, yeah, then he blows his head off in credits. <laughs> yeah, the last, the last note I wrote was guts explode out of TV. Oh That's yeah. The TV explodes. Well. Yeah. <laughs> just guts out of the TV after yeah. you watch that dude fall apart. And yeah, it's amazing. It's a whole, once it's, once it's going, it's just a wild trip. Yeah. And it and doesn't it rings true with like harsh media and marketing, like you're saying. Yeah. And it's like, it in itself is part of that too. That's what makes it so, so great that it's like, it's warning you about this thing, but also being that thing at the same time. And like, I think that's the only way to get those messages across. Like you shouldn't even be watching this thing. Like it's, it's really perfect in that way. Yeah. Should this be your favorite movie? <laughs> Probably not, but I don't know. Show <laughs> me something is, better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask like, what is your like relationship and history with this movie? Like I knew I don't know why I knew you were going to say it. It was either something we've talked about before or just shit you've posted online, but, uh, yeah, probably a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like why, like, what is it? Like what, like when were you introduced to this movie and what is like made it, uh, you know, such a standout for you? Uh, well, I, I first saw it when I was probably about 17. Um, and it was just in a long line of, um, of horror movies. I think I, I mean, I mentioned the fly saw that at, at about nine. Um, so I was already familiar with, uh, Cronenberg and, uh, you know, alien is another one of my favorite movies. That's probably one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of, I watched a lot of, uh, I might've been on like fuse or something like that, but it was like, hundred greatest horror movie moments, like one of those like countdown things. And yeah, um, I ended up getting a lot of movie recommendations off of that. Cause it would go like, it was like, they would go by specific scenes. So they didn't reveal too much of the movie, which is like a great way to do that. Like rather than like, you know, go full in and like show like every scene or do like a trailer type thing. They would pick just like, one like 30 second to a minute scene about a certain movie and then have like you know the uh kind of like panel discussion thing like one or two people like kind of the uh the like best week ever kind of format like scene of the movie then someone talks about like what they like about this movie um so i think i first saw it on one of those and then i was like oh man i gotta watch this movie debbie harry's in it i love blondie gotta see this thing um but yeah, I saw it when I was about 17 and it really formed um yeah, how I consumed things. Like it had a a huge effect on that. Um that and uh, 911. <laughs> that didn't that helped too like that <laughs> happening when I was about 12 years old. 
I already like didn't have like a whole lot of trust. I listened to a lot of Pantera. Like I was like, you know, I was a rowdy boy. And um, yeah, seeing this movie and then just like, um, yeah, it just changed the way that I consume things like permanently from then on. So I can't say any other movie has had like such a strong effect um, in that regard of like, you know, how I consume things, what I consume and like, yeah. And I mean, I watch a lot of different movies, but I was definitely like growing up, I was more into comedies. I think that's the easiest way to like kind of get into movies. And then I grew up a pretty big Tarantino fan too. And then like after, after seeing Videodrome, I was like, okay, yeah, horror is definitely my favorite genre. Like it's, this is definitely number one. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that was like, that was probably about 2007. So, and we had that whole, it was like indie everything at that time. So I got into a lot of um, like foreign movies and like, you know, everybody watches Amelie and they're like, yeah, I relate to this. Um, but yeah, Videodrome was like the huge standout in that because it was so different. And like seeing a movie that was, you know, 20 years old at the time have such a huge impact on me was like pretty powerful too. Yeah, it's cool when something just resonates with you. It doesn't matter if you were whatever young or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying it last or it's still a big deal to you. It still means more almost. Right, yeah. Yeah, especially now. Like, yeah, I've never been more, um, like, I don't, I get a little bit of news on Twitter and then I, like, listen to, like, Chapo Trap House, but I don't really, like, I don't really outwardly go out to, like, look at news. It's just not... I don't, I don't think we need to know that much about what's going on and, you know, you'll run across something you care about. And then, you know, I, I think it's so easy when we're consumed by it all the time to like, hear something you're upset about and then just move on from it. Like the, um, yeah, the way the news cycle goes, it's like made for you to get, you know, really upset whether you're like you know, sad or scared or like, you know, it's made to make you uneasy and then you get like mad about it and then, you know, yell into the ether of the internet about it for like three days and then forget about it until the next thing comes around. Yeah. It's a horrible cycle to be stuck in. Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've definitely made, I mean, the, the cult definitely helps that because I pretty much follow like you know, a few of my favorite comedians, few musicians, and then all bug cult people. And that's what my Twitter is. It's pretty, you know, I think that, that also there is something to be said about like, you know, living inside a bubble too. I don't think that's the best thing either, but it's at least, um, you know, more positive than it is negative. And like, you know, especially with the bug cult, I mean, everybody's, everybody's just like so nice and, like genuine and like, and that's what makes it fun about like, you know, just like ribbing each other every once in a while too. Like it's, you know, we're all, we're all having a good time in it. And that's what's, what's the most fun thing. And like, yeah, I mean like who doesn't love telling Jeff Gibson that like Aquaman wasn't the best movie of last year. 
it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeff Gibson, you got to watch yourself. You can't say listen to that dude. He'll yeah. he'll, you. he'll ban you. I you don't know start something with listen or look here. I I don't know if I started that or he was already doing that, but I just thought about it independently and one day just tweeted like, "Look, I'm trying to stop starting sentences with look, and it just exploded into this thing. I don't know if Jeff was, like, already on that train, but I think I just, like, I might have just hit a note with him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's fun getting, yeah, play around with all the bugs, and they throw all their shit around, too. Yeah. Good times. You need a, this was great, Uh, plug everything you have going on. You do, you know, I don't know what, uh, if you have music you want to talk about, too, or anything, but tell everybody in uh, the cult what to, to follow to get more of you. Um, well, I, uh, I've got a SoundCloud. It's not exactly updated, but, um, I pretty much have, uh, what I played at BugCon on there. Um, there's like a few added things on there. I kind of have it just as like a 15 minute sampler. Um, but just search third eye shrined, um, spelled out three words and then SoundCloud, you'll find it. Um, you could follow me at third eye podcast and you guys are going to be doing, yeah, 2020. Yeah, Third Eye Shrine, Twitter and Instagram, and uh, yeah, listen to Inside Jerks. It's a fun podcast I do to uh, stay in touch with uh, one of my good friends that lives about three hours away from me, and we just talk movies, music, and we're doing a little more uh, like improv type stuff now. So yeah, and um, yeah, it's fun. We're just goofing around, but yeah. Uh, say hi sometime <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Like, let's be friends and let's all hang out at BugCon. Like, yeah, what else can I plug other than that? Yeah, everybody follow Third Eye if you don't already. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to meet you at BugCon 2020. It's going to be cool. Hell yeah. It's, uh, yeah, another are you, another. Are you guys going to – are you guys podcasting on that or what are you doing for that? Uh, we'll probably try to do something. I don't know what we've – we haven't uh, – figured it out yet sleeves um i don't know uh we'll still have to see everybody still has to donate to BudCon before it can even happen so uh uh you know everybody should donate donate yeah yeah yeah, whatever you can do (laughs) all right well yeah uh it was great talking to you and we'll see you at BudCon 2020 yeah definitely had a lot of fun All right, see you later. Yeah, all right. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course.